0: welcome to bookish bitches it's not your br- grandmother's book club so grandma if you're listening this book's really fucking weird so please don't i'm lauren and <laughs> megan and in t- today's episode we're going to be talking about a book by brahm called krampus the yule lord which okay. before we even get into the book because there- there's a lot to talk about brahm when i was like making the post and i told megan this for the episode like if you follow follow us on social media you'll see that it's always the book cover and the author that's in the episode announcement he is exactly what you think someone named rom looks like like i looked up a photo of him for that and i was like that can't be him sure enough the same exact photo is in the back copy of my book and i was like you know he just fits what i expect someone who writes like this to look like, but I also expected him to write a little more ye oldie, so that was refreshing that he de- does not. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, ooh, this book is interesting. I kind of loved it, though, but it was v- definitely weird. So, like,
1: anytime I hear the name Brom, I think of this character from a horror movie where <laughs> where literally um, it's like a horror movie and he lives in the walls. It's called The Boy, and his name oh.
0: is yeah,
1: It's mainly what I thought of when I saw the author's name. I'm like Brom wrote a book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Puppet Boy wrote a book. The puppet boy. Not a puppet boy. I was like, okay. I remember because we watched me, you, Paige, and Griffin watch that movie together, and we were like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah,
1: I was like, "Okay, this is interesting." You know, I'm like, "Okay," <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
1: but this was I liked the um. I really liked the uh, Norse take this book did and how Krampus like in any horror like there's Krampus in movie and he's a you know horror character he's the antagonist and I've read other books by Krampus like that are surrounded by Krampus Uh,
0: I loved how more like they made Krampus morally gray and you rooted for him yeah I was really kind of surprised by that because I also love seeing Balder, like Santa Claus as Balder, like yeah. you know, the Norse um influences there. But he really, like, you do actually kind of feel for him and you want him to succeed and you see that he's not just an evil character. He's a very complex yeah. character. I was kind of like, this is a different
1: take than what I usually have past known about this. this yeah. song subject, You know, I was like, okay. And you rooted for Krampus the entire time. Like he had moments where he was like extremely kind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was a dick. <laughs> uh, he, he was a product. He's very much like a product of his time. Yeah. Because when so this book is set somewhere in modern modern day, um, because there's a character there who is in her fifties but she was um human. She's about sixteen in the sixties or seventies. So it's it's close to modern day. Krampus has been in a tunnel or a cave for five hundred years, yeah, so he views the world in such a different way to the the main character, Jesse. um he's very much a product of his time, but he still has this kindness that you don't expect of him,
1: yeah, also, because he was in captivity for like five hundred years, he's kind of crazy, but like you uh, you, learn, you like learn to love it,
0: yeah, kind of I feel like it's a little bit of an understatement, but definitely. Well, they-
1: Kind of cuckoo, but like he He's was excessive. alone for five hundred years,
0: <laughs> and I think it's it's less socialization skills are kind of in the tank. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And he was so he wasn't completely alone. He had his bells Nichols, which are these yeah but like skin <laughs> people that he that serve him. However, that's seeing the same three to five people periodically for 500 years while you're obsessing over someone who you feel has betrayed you.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was like,
0: his bell were so cute, though. Isabel? Oh, oh, my God. I loved her. I swear to God.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: okay, let's talk
1: about... We'll save the discussion point on Krampus versus Santa okay. later on. But let's talk about how the characters with their Norse myth.
0: Do you know what I mean? So like looking at the mythological part of um the characters?
1: Yeah, because Krampus is technically Loki's grandson.
0: Yes. He's and the daughter of Hell.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he is
1: related through the Loki line. Mm-hmm. Baldur is his own god, but he's Santa in this. Um <laughs> Still fucking weird. So that kind of stuff. Like go I don't know if it's like accurate or not. I can't I can't remember if it's true if Krampus is Loki's grandson, but like
0: Yeah. Everything I've seen, because when you popped into the Zoom call, I was reading about it. Yeah. Everything I've seen is that he in Germanic uh Norse mythology, he is still the son of hell, the grandson of Loki. Um, so it's very clear that Brom did that baseline research, at least. Yeah. And then we know that, or at least me and you know, the Balder is Odin's son. His whole story has to do with the mistletoe, which makes the Christmas, him becoming Santa very ironic because mistletoe is a Christmas thing. Yeah. Um, but at, at its base level, I think that the mythology is actually pretty accurate, or at least to the degree that we know. Mm-hmm. In modern times, I don't know much about the Yule side of it, though. You might know more about that because that is also more in your your wheelhouse than mine.
1: Yeah, I felt like it was accurate. I can't say I can't speak on Balder and Santa Claus, but that does seem pretty on point. I love that Santa Claus was carrying and he was armed with a broadsword, yeah. like from Rise yeah. of the Guardians. Um,
0: <laughs> that's who I was picturing the whole time.
1: Yeah facing up, like i was like okay um <laughs> that's dope <laughs> and how santa was it like in most myths santa is like oh you gotta be good or you're gonna get on his naughty list and you won't get stuff but, like santa and this is not completely good or even mostly good depending on which perspective you're looking at it from um
0: and krampus was far from evil <laughs> he was just misunderstood yeah, I feel like there was a lot less black and white than than was expected. And yeah. it's so interesting, and this is very lightly getting into the Krampus versus Santa, but not really. But it's very interesting how they both view their time as, like, allies, quote-unquote, yeah. differently. Yeah, Baldur saw himself as a prisoner to Krampus. Krampus saw himself as pitying Baldur and giving him a chance. And when Baldur becomes Saint Nicholas and starts taking after the actual saint, Krampus feels betrayed. He feels that he has betrayed the true gods. So it's very interesting to see not only that there's two completely different sides to what quote-unquote happened, but they're also not the simple, he's evil, he's good. It's he, Sa- Santa says he's you know here for peace and love, but he's killed and hurt countless people to get to that place where the sack obeys him.
1: Yeah yeah exactly exactly so i thought it was an interesting take on how they chose to go about it in this well how Brom chose to go about it in this sense you know
0: yeah and i actually was genuinely like frustrated when santa came back to life like i never <laughs> thought that would be something to be mad about i was so <laughs> mad when his like come on <laughs> yeah like it was so simple one of his wives which i also kind of love that he had like seven wives because that's just like that's so norse and so not like christian santa um but or, like, they like steal the like, head back like, put black it back widows. on yeah like okay
1: <laughs> widows yeah <laughs> and a cult of the wives <laughs> yeah we're
0: having flashbacks to black widows a little bit here but
1: shit <laughs> All right, let's talk about a couple pairings of characters throughout this book. Okay, let's start off with my favorite Belshazzar. <laughs> yes, bell, and we'll go with Jesse, the main
0: character. So, be honest with me. Keeping in mind that Jesse's technically married, has a daughter, and everything. Did you ship them? Oh yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure it wasn't just me. They were so cute. Isabel is the character that I was saying earlier, who she becomes a belch-nickel when she is about sixteen. She does try to commit suicide because she basically is cast out of her family, has had a child, her, the guy that she was supposed to marry, her fiance, dies in Vietnam, so she basically sees no way out of it, no way to take care of her son, and she regrets it ever since. Yeah, so she becomes a belch-nickel because Krampus finds it and saves her, and she's the only female, and she. Basically, until meeting Jesse, never feels like herself. Mm -hmm. So I loved seeing his impact on her unknowingly because Jesse's such a hot mess of a character. Yeah, like he is all over the place all the time, but like for good reason. But he is just a hot fucking mess. Yeah. So like when he buys her like the little panda hat, and she's she's just so happy to put it on. She knows it's ridiculous, and he buys her like a little um. It's definitely, like, a little girl's bracelet. But it's, like, a pink tacky bracelet. And he buys them for her just to make her feel like a person.
1: It's such weird characters and instances coming from an author named Brom. Yes. Who's so dark. And you're getting all this, like, cute little, like, love part.
0: (laughs) And I almost... I almost felt like jesse's love for his wife compared to his relationship with isabel felt forced which relationship the one with the wife or isabel the one with the wife because he was talking about how much he loved her but we never actually get to see it he's like having flashbacks to when they were pre-having abigail like when they'd go dancing and things like that it's like Mm -hmm. that was five plus years ago Versus with Isabel, he's, you know, he looks over and he's teasing her. He jokes with her and she does physically look younger. So he probably, probably isn't actually seeing her in a romantic light, but their relationship seems more, it has more chemistry to me.
1: I definitely, if I, we got a perspective of him and the wife, that could be different. Yeah. Like, honestly, him and Isabel were really cute and their whole dynamic in general.
0: And yeah, I hope he does take her snipe hunting because that becomes a joke throughout the book <laughs> she has no fucking clue what that is. And he's like, I'll take you one day, I promise. And it's then... like if
1: I told if I, it's like if I'm like, all right, Laura, we're going frog gigging.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you'd see the trail of dust as I run for the hills. But hey, <laughs> turn around and just gone.
1: I'm gonna get you out on the water one day, Megan.
0: <laughs> I don't like water that much, I don't I like animals. <laughs> you just see me crying. <laughs> One would touch me and I'd probably start gagging let's be you're real you're gonna
1: like be holding the trident by your little fingertips like I don't want to do this <laughs> I, <have you. laughs> I don't want to do this <laughs> and I'm gonna say let's well, do damn bad <laughs> I'm tired
0: of this let's <laughs> <laughs> do damn you keep gigging <laughs> oh I love how, that, how well that's subbed in though <laughs> um, but yeah like I want to see Even if they're just, like, really close friends, I want to see more of Isabel and Jesse because they gave me such warmth in such a weird, like, kind of dark book.
1: I know. It was so cute. It was so wholesome for Krampus the Time lord.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. And also, like, staying on the topic of Isabel, Krampus and Isabel's relationship is surprisingly pretty healthy. Right. Like, and I know it's because their relationship comes about in a different way than, like, his and Vernon's and his and the Shawnee. She doesn't mm-hmm. view him as a god, even though she knows that he's powerful, but, like, she just- there's a mutual respect there that is kind of surprising of him.
1: hmm
0: I love her little nickname, though. Her little- his little lion. Like, ugh.
1: Damn, that's actually really cute. Cute.
0: That's a cute one. I always wonder if he sees her as a daughter because of, like, how not blindly devoted she is, but she's devoted within reason. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't hold him on a pedestal like the Shawnee do.
1: Yeah, I can get behind that, actually. Because it feels very paternal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was definitely getting those vibes out the book. Which I think also is another thing that adds to, like, you kind of want to root for Krampus because he's showing humanity in a way that like we don't get from balder slash santa Mm -hmm. like krampus is absolutely set in his ways like narrow-minded about his mission but at the same time you see him kind of folding to the needs of the people that he is tethered to in a way
1: yeah yeah he doesn't really stray from the path too much but it's all in good um it's all in good fortune you know yeah, I got an email that scared me.
0: I thought your your laptop was about to die. I was like, "This is about to be real awkward." Um, that scared me. <laughs> but yeah, so, I forgot what I was gonna say. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, I was. We can just go to the next. Um,
1: yeah, let's experiment. talk about Jesse and Linda while we're on the Jesse train
0: right now. I had very mixed feelings about Linda throughout. Okay. But it's because Jesse is such a weird like kind of inconsistent character. Mm-hmm. Because like the way that she lets Dillard, which is her the man she's shacking up with basically, they're not actually divorced. Ooh. The way that she lets Dillard talk to Jesse and the way that she talks to Jesse because he is, you know, afraid to go after his dreams and he's stuck in this rut really frustrated me. I understand that she is coming from the perspective of you're holding yourself back and you're not providing for your family. Like, absolutely, Mm -hmm. 100%. I do not blame her for leaving that situation and, you know, going somewhere else. My issue is that she goes to... Dillard, who has very openly been like, "I want Jesse out of the picture," to her. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you're like
1: not... trying to cut out the middleman.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I feel like she's not coming from a position of just protecting her daughter anymore. It almost feels spiteful to be with a man that almost Jesse locked up. Yeah, almost petty. Yeah.
1: I could see that, actually. Linda wasn't my favorite character out of uh, the cast, but I could see where she's coming from,
0: but she just went about it in the wrong way. I did her one moment that I was like, yes, bitch! Is when, and we'll talk about more about Dillard and Linda in a minute, but when Dillard is trying to kill her, and she hits him with the fucking pan, and burns him with the grease, and there's cheese in his hair. Oh, god, that was so funny. Was she... Awful. Walloped him on the side of the head, Medea style. Oh my god, Dude, she didn't give a single fuck. <laughs> it was she, and then she tried to swing again, which she gets the pan knocked out of her hand. But that moment where she hit him, I was like, Yes, absolutely, 100%, 100%. she knew exactly what she was doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> she calculated that force. <laughs> if I carry the one and then I swing as hard as <laughs> possible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I swear to god, <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah. Alright. While we're on the Linda train, yeah, let's talk about Dillard and Linda.
0: <laughs> so t- we'll just carry on considering she, you know, we're talking about her defending herself. He, uh, Dillard is, mm, you know what, I'm gonna let you start because I have feelings about him and I don't know how to, I need to order them before I can, yeah. Yeah? Yes.
1: Dillard and Linda's relationship just seemed toxic, toxic and she was only with him because she wanted to spite Jesse. So, like, he was a pawn straight from the get-go. And I really feel like his character wasn't necessary.
0: You know what I mean? His character served... His relationship with Linda was not super necessary, but his character served as a point of conflict for Jesse to make him kind of stray from Krampus' needs and wants and everything because he's so worried about dillard getting him locked up
1: i still thought dillard's character went a different way than i probably would have wanted to be honest with you
0: how would you have wanted his character to go
1: i probably wanted his character to be more of like more influential like we perceive krampus as the big bad
0: Mm -hmm. person
1: you know and i i would have rather seen more of like bad stuff from humanity through dillard
0: yeah yeah i agree with that
1: yeah that's how i perceived it i thought maybe he could do something more just
0: more i guess
1: i can't even describe it just something more
0: yeah because we see him making a bunch of mental plans i thought he was a
1: weak conflict
0: yeah we see him make a bunch of different plans mentally but he never actually carries them out and then when things start to slip out of his control, he just starts spiraling and becomes reactive, so. Yeah. I agree. I just want
1: something more.
0: I almost feel like if he was a little more calculated and careful, Mm -hmm. his character would have been better.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If he, like, calculated everything and really thought out his plans, then I probably could give him more respect. Yeah. Honestly.
0: You know what I mean? I think he's he's also, so if we extract him from the book, remove him from the book, and we're just looking Mm -hmm. at Dillard, He's a very interesting commentary on like power um, and masculinity mm-hmm. because of the way he talks about Linda to Jesse about how he's going to basically, once Jesse leaves, the first time he shows up at the house with the gifts for Abigail, mm-hmm. like what all the things he's going to do to Linda sexually, and he's like, if you're man enough, you'll shoot me right now. And then fast forward through the book, he's trying okay. to kill Linda and because he can't control her anymore. But he's used yeah. to having power from his job and from his relationship with the general.
1: It's definitely some toxic masculinity.
0: Oh, yeah. At the bare minimum. Yeah.
1: Actually, no, I just took a masculinity course.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're the expert. Whack out some some jargon. Give me some terms. The look you're giving right now is 100% what I expected. Fuck off.
1: <laughs> it's definitely toxic masculinity the way that they're perceiving it, because we can go down this road and be like, be a man, suck it up, don't, crying for the weak, you know, like, emotions mm-hmm. are not valid for men. That's where i would go down this road. Yeah. I, you know. Anybody could tell Dillard, be a man. You know, and I'm just like, I don't like his character, but
0: like, you can't tell him that. I also think when discussing his character, we need to acknowledge his first wife. Yeah. She's a she's a thinner thread that's run through the whole book, but he kills his first wife, covers it up, and says that she stole his money, and ran away. And that's yeah. what everyone in um I think the Good Hope is the place, or it's something like that. Yeah. But that's what everyone there believes, is that his wife abandoned him, except some people are like, mm, that doesn't sound about right. So mm-hmm. we see him as an abuser and also that he internally, like mentally, is like, I'm not gonna do these things again. And then when he starts to do it, he's blaming Linda. If mm-hmm. she would just keep her mouth shut. If she would just leave it alone. If she would just listen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, your first wife you fully acknowledge your first wife very much tries to be everything you want her to be, but you still killed her.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You got to look at all that when you're analyzing Tillard's character.
0: Yeah. You know, and I'd also be curious to see what Paige thinks about his character. Cause I feel like she'd be like, she'd crack a diagnosis out real quick. Cause he's got some stuff going up on upstairs.
1: Oh yeah. She would crack out a diagnosis and say, yeah, this is what this character needs. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: for sure for sure
0: i also so i want to really quickly dive into when he's like planning out to kill linda and abigail Mm -hmm. because i kind of am like what the fuck did you expect to happen yeah so he goes home Linda's in the kitchen making abigail a grilled cheese he blocks the front door with some bags basically just to slow down if she tries to run puts a pin in the sliding glass door goes into the bathroom, and strips down buck-ass naked, keeps his socks on. Walks into the kitchen. Abigail screams. Of course she's screaming, you're naked! Yeah. She's did a child. you not expect her to react to that? She's five years old. Like, did. Yeah, which, like, that's the part of it, I'm like... Do you, you want her to you... laugh or something? Yeah, like, she was gonna make some kind of noise that told Linda you were behind her yeah i understand you were thinking in terms of evidence and not having it on your clothes and being able to wash it off but what yeah so then of course linda swings she hits him he's caught off guard because he was not expecting her to to you know turn around and hit him and she actually ends up locking herself and abigail in the wine cellar he takes her keys with him my thing is after he left because he was gone for a while before jesse shows up and gets them out of there yeah I don't understand why she wouldn't have tried to call someone even though she doesn't have her keys like call her mother or call the sheriff because she's even though she tries to pretend that she doesn't know about um about his relationship with the general she's aware that he's into some shady shit but the yeah. sheriff doesn't know any of this so or even just taking Abigail wrapping her up and running
1: yeah yeah like, it was just strange all together you know yeah, It was like a weird way of Brom writing this such, like scenario. I was like, I don't even know
0: if I'm following this correctly. There's a lot of threads going on. Which makes it interesting because when they meet it's in really interesting ways. But yeah. sometimes there's too much happening. Like I enjoyed reading the book but there were definitely moments where I was like, well, why wouldn't they just do this? Or why wouldn't they just do that? Yeah, And Brom does account for a lot of like, why wouldn't you just he says, oh, because of this. Yeah. But in some situations, I'm like, I don't know if that's just, like, how the character is that they wouldn't think to do that. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm just analyzing it more, or I guess maybe from the perspective of a female looking at her actions as a female, like, mm, I wouldn't do that, but. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It was just strange altogether. Yeah. So... I've heard some of your interpretations on Deputy Dillard. Anything else to add about his character?
0: Um. Not really, because I think he he becomes unhinged in a way that's like, whoa, okay. And that's saying something since Krampus was in this book. Well, Krampus, we expected to be unhinged. Dillard, we were like, okay, you're just a shady, corrupt cop who has a deal with this drug dealing, whatever. And then he really starts spiraling. You're like, oh, you're actually crazy, too. Okay. Coo-coo. You're cuckoo. Yeah, like, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over here. Mm-hmm.
1: I thought it was funny. Yeah, His was... character just seems so unnecessary. <laughs> for me. That's just my opinion.
0: He is the character that, like, when Krampus is talking about men of that this day and age being, like, impervious to belief and not believing anything... Dillard is that person, yeah, Jesse says he doesn't believe anything, but Dillard is the one that he doesn't actually believe in anything. He is completely numb to all humanity. like he he I mean, he's honestly I'm trying to think because I obviously I don't know enough to actually say like he is this type of thing, but he's either a psychopath or a sociopath because there's something I think
1: it is he had emotions
0: yeah so there's something in his brain that does not connect with empathy and cause he doesn't not actually like, feel better. <laughs> yeah he doesn't feel genuine remorse Yeah.
1: now that we got the nasty Dillard out of the way let's yes. talk about the general <sighs> trying,
0: the general reminds <laughs> me of Negan from Walking Dead I love Negan <laughs> but like okay let me rephrase that the general is Walmart Negan oh hey now the general is if Negan was if he, it was he was like Walmart brand Negan. Don't get me wrong, I like Walmart stuff, but it is commonly known that Walmart alternatives are sometimes really cheap. I'll give you a good example. Of what he is? Okay.
1: <laughs> now, yesterday I went on this like drive in a park with all the Christmas lights, and at the end of it, you get a toy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I felt like. The general, What over here we have a nice shiny brand new toy already assembled, painted, does something, is cool, can catch your eye. Okay. I felt like the general was the little bag toy I got that was two pieces of plywood, four nails, and one set of instructions on how to put
0: the nail in the wood. So do you remember, (laughs) and this is related, you've given me this thought. And the instructions saying... Included instructions, two
1: pieces of wood and four mm-hmm. nails. Not included, drill bit, hammer,
0: <laughs> will to live, patience. <laughs> he reminds me of, um, from the most recent Toy Story the toy that's just made of a spork and a bunch of pipe cleaners. He goes, Oh, trash! trash. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's like he's that's equally trash. as unhinged in a different way, but equally as, un- as unhinged and kind of just like. Oh, his eyes are doing something because he's coked out right now. Old man McGucket. Look, leave McGucket alone, okay? <laughs> Old man yeah.
1: McGucket.
0: <laughs> Any, like, unhinged kind of funny character who is really not well put together is the general, except the general thinks that he's all that in a box of chocolates and is not afraid of violence.
1: hmm I can get behind that.
0: And, like... I feel like he makes the number one mistake of, like, if you're a drug lord or whatever, a kingpin, you don't get hooked on the shit. Mm -hmm. He's hooked on it, and he's tweaking out most of the book, and then Krampus bites him and is like, hey, you're mine, bitch, and then he gets his head cut off. (laughs) You're mine, bitch. (laughs) And I guess it's, like, the idea of, like, oh, how the mighty will fall. Because Mm -hmm. Jesse's so afraid of the general, but Krampus is like, "Mm mm-hmm, interesting and then he's dead because Santa killed kidding. him but it's like yeah. okay no that's what? who he reminds me of the governor from Walking Dead yes that's better he was crazy I was trying to I was picturing him but I said Negan they both had unhinged uh, energy but the governor was really just like a okay mm, <laughs> that was so right while
1: we're talking about Krampus being unhinged and biting people, let's talk about the battle between Krampus and Santa, also known as uh, Balder.
0: <laughs> I feel that it left a lot to be desired. Yes.
1: I wanted a highly intense battle scene where both are using their Norse powers. Yes. Powers. Like, it's Balder and the grandson of Loki. Yeah. Baldur over here like Rise of the Guardians Santa with his broadsword. Krampus over here like unhinged little Jack Frost, <laughs> At, or like Tasmanian Devil. I can't decide between the two. He uh-huh.
0: oh, reminds me more of um, I think I might have said this last week with Gr- or in the Light Lark episode with Grimshaw. Oh my! God. Krampus reminds me of the shadow guy from Rise of the Guardians.
1: Uh, you're talking about Boogie or?
0: Yeah, I think so. Or uh
1: yeah, Boogeyman. Something like that. Pitch,
0: pitch black. black. Yeah. Like he basically reminds me of him. So
1: hard for pitch black back in the day.
0: <sighs> that does not surprise me in the slightest
1: I sent so hard.
0: <laughs> but it's Santa. <laughs> it felt like those polar opposites of buff Russian yeah. Santa, even though he's Germanic, but Buff Santa versus Yeah. Pitch Black Krampus, whatever. I I want
1: more.
0: Yeah, like, I didn't even think about when you said about, like, their powers. I would have loved to see that. Yes, Krampus can't deal damage. Deal damage? It's like I'm playing fucking Um, (laughs) D&D. Can't, yeah, no, deal damage is what we're going with. Mm -hmm. Without using Loki's spear, which he thinks was an arrow, but is actually a spear. But it's just so lackluster. Yeah. And then the second way time they fight, it. it's kind of the same.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good way to put it. Lackluster. Yeah. Lackluster.
0: I like that word. You know what I was really confused about, though? What? So, Balder was calling God her in a singular as well. Mm-hmm. And there was angels. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Krampus says that you know there's multiple gods, Valkyries, and things like that, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I, while reading it, was like, that is the reality I'm going to hold on to because that makes more sense for Baldur's existence that there were multiple gods and everything like that mm-hmm. One of Baldur's wives or one of Santa's wives said calls the angels Valkyries, but then they go back to calling them angels. So I'm very I'm intri- intrigued slash confused by the melding of these two ontologies mm-hmm. because Ragnarok has happened, but who is that surviving god? Like, how has that god arisen? How she because that's what Balder calls her. How has she arisen in the face of Ragnarok? Is she a god that existed before? Is she somehow a new god? Like, I don't understand how that happened. And also, hell still exists. But I don't think, like, hell the place still exists, but hell the person does not exist, as far as I know. I don't know, actually. Hmm. Did it bother you that that wasn't explained? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Because I was like, wait. But wait. But wait. Halfway Halfway through the book, I was like, wait a second
1: yeah that definitely could have be could have been explained better
0: and maybe that's just another of like these conflicting point of views perceive the world in different ways
1: yeah that could have been done better to be honest with you yeah yeah but what was your overall rating of this book
0: i went into it not really knowing what to expect which i think actually made me like it better than i was going to if i had been like oh it's gonna be this because mm-hmm. i've never read anything by brahm my dad has and he was like yeah no i like his stuff and i was like okay so i really was kind of like it, then we must like it you know hmm? if your dad likes it then we
1: must like it you know
0: he's got good taste yeah we have similar tastes the three of us do so i was like okay open mind if my dad likes his stuff he's read lost gods which i think i might put on the list because he says it's really good but went into it with an open mind i would say i'd probably give it a four yeah because i i wish that some stuff had been explained more but Mm -hmm. i wasn't so confused by the lack of explanation that might because i have prior knowledge about norse gods Mm -hmm. that i didn't enjoy it you know what i mean
1: yeah i i thought it was a good
0: four I thought it was a good 4. If you could change or add one thing, what would it be? A Norse power battle. (laughs) I just, like, pictured visually and audibly, just, like, imagine a Norse power battle with, like, some, like, shredding on some guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Mad Max Fury Road. I think that sounds cool. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I, I, I almost said V2. I second that. That's what I I thought about. Now, looking at this in the context of, like, our Christmas reads, do you think this was Christmassy enough as Krampus is trying to kill Santa and destroy Christmas?
1: Honestly, no. (laughs) No. I thought it was Christmas themed, but not Christmas. Like, it wasn't centered around Christmas.
0: I agree. I think there's some good lessons to take from it, though about, like, yep. loving Mother Earth and being kind to her, and, like, when Krampus sees things destroyed, he kind of has this moment of yeah. actual sadness. Um, So I feel like in its own indirect way, it it kind of puts forth, like, these ideas of uh, kindness to the world more mm-hmm. more accurately, without it being, like, this has to be Christian-based. It's like, you can be kind to the people around you and the Earth that you reside on without having to Say that yeah. it's in the name of a god or for a place in heaven. Exactly. Exactly. kind of Baldur's whole spiel. Yeah. That's perfectly summed up. I yeah. said that and then remember that they burned down a church and was like yep, yeah, no, that's <laughs> that happened. Yeah.
1: Alright. Krampus,
0: the you Lord by has been completed. And next week we're going to be switching completely different gears to read A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens and not with a murder this time free yes. of the murder um so we're going to be going actually it's going to be kind of in line of like kindness towards fellow man so yeah completely off still it's off <laughs> yeah very different way of um communicating that idea
1: exactly (laughs) yeah
0: all right everybody we will catch you next week (laughs) bye guys bye